Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Every town has a dark side. This is Andrew Fitzgerald from the Every Town podcast, where every single week we dive into insane and mysterious true crime stories, most of which you've never heard of. Stories like the bizarre disappearance of Tyler Davis in Columbus, Ohio, a 29-year-old father trying to find his way back to his hotel when he disappeared and was never heard from again. And Elizabeth Shove from Lugoff, South Carolina, who was abducted from her driveway by a madman and taken to his underground bunker in the woods. And we give you all the details you're interested in hearing about without any fluff or fillers, because ain't nobody got time for that. We cover everything from psychopaths to poltergeists, so go check out the Everytown podcast, because every town, no matter how nice it may seem, has a dark side. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. On this episode, an explorer and world traveler goes beyond esoteric and reveals how to escape this prison planet. No 19th century esoterist would have any idea that this would be happening to us. Transhumanism, geoengineering, and how the United States has been hijacked since the act of 1871, which made the USA a corporation. If you enjoy Conspiracy Unlimited, why not become a Conspiracy Unlimited Plus member? For just $1.99 per month, you'll gain access to two bonus, exclusive commercial-free episodes per month, plus access to my back catalog of episodes. That's over 350 episodes. To subscribe, just go to ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com and click on Gain Access to Premium Episodes. Again, Go to ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com and click on Get Access to Premium Episodes or click on the link in the episode notes. Conspiracy Unlimited Plus for less than $2 per month. Why not sign up today? Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serres. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs, here's Richard Serrett. Welcome to your Monday. 
I first met Brad Olson in the desert just outside of Albuquerque, New Mexico, about five, maybe six years ago. We were both appearing on an episode of Mysteries of the Outdoors. And this episode was about some strange artifacts, possibly of extraterrestrial origin, that were uncovered in Chaco Canyon. Now, the first thing that struck me about Brad was his physical presence. He must be at least six foot five. He's an imposing figure, but uh, such a gentle soul and a damn fine writer. He's the author of 10 books, including three in his esoteric series, Modern Esoteric, Future Esoteric, and his latest to be released very soon, Beyond Esoteric. He's an award-winning author, book publisher, event producer. His keynote presentations and interviews have enlightened audiences at Contact in the Desert, Awareness Life Expo, the 5D events, and dozens of radio and television shows, including Coast to Coast, Ancient Aliens, American Unearthed, and Mysteries of the Outdoors. In August 2017, Brad started hosting his own syndicated radio show called The Esoteric Circle. He's the founder and co-producer of the How Weird Street Fair in the Soma neighborhood of his home base, San Francisco. The Chicago native's esoteric writing continues to reach a wide audience while he continues breaking ground in alternative journalism, public speaking, illustration, and photography. Hey, Brad, welcome back to Conspiracy Unlimited. How are you doing, my friend? Hey, Richard, I'm doing great. Always pleasure to speak with you. So in uh, this fall, you have another esoteric book coming out. Is this the third in the series? Yes, it is. It's the third and final. It's called Beyond Esoteric, Escaping Prison Planet, and it'll be out this fall. Before we get to that, I want to ask you about something from a previous book, Global Stompers. Oliver Stone wrote a little blurb for you, and he said, it's a subversive masterpiece. Tell me about that. Yeah, the book is actually called World Stompers, A Global Travel Manifesto. It's the first book I wrote based on how I was able to pull off my self-financed three-year trip around the world. And when I got back, I was floating it around to a few publishers, then spoke to someone who said, oh, it's probably better you just do it yourself. And that's when I started CCC Publishing in 1995. So I had a bunch of uh, quotes in the book that I wanted to get permission to use, one of which was a Oliver Stone quote. And I asked if you'd be so kind to write a blurb for this book. Of course, I sent him a copy. Uh, out came a fax about three weeks later with his blurb calling World Stompers a subversive masterpiece of travel writing. It was probably the best early endorsement I had for any of my books. And I actually uh, briefly met him about a year later at the book Expo. Oliver Stone had just written a book himself about his life, and he had given a, a big uh, talk at the book Expo in New York City. And I came up afterwards and had a copy of World Stompers, and I held it up, and he recognized it. He pointed. He goes, is that yours? I go, yeah, thank you for the endorsement. He goes, no problem. So oh, wow. that was kind of my uh, – <laughs> little brush with Oliver Stone. And then I'm friends with his son, Sean Stone, yes. who does his own TV show called Buzzsaw. And I've been on that show a couple times with Sean now. Quite a, an entree into the world of book publishing. And here we are 25 years later, and you're on the cusp of releasing your 10th your tenth book. 
uh, Beyond Esoteric Escaping Prison Planet. And the, the theme, you know, modern esoteric and future esoteric has been that just about everything we think we know is a lie. So uh, this is going to be the, the third and final installment in the esoteric series. Just tell me, uh, tease it a little bit. What, what, what are you going to discuss? Well, I never repeat my information. So I've had a, a few chapters that kind of didn't have a place in the first two. But then it occurred to me that many of the subjects that I'm covering, no 19th century esoterist would have any idea that this would be happening to us. And by that, I mean in some of the chapters I discuss transhumanism, uh, geoengineering, and how the United States has been hijacked since the act of 1871, which made the USA a corporation. A lot of people don't even realize that their social security number, for example, why our names are all in caps, have been signed over to this corporation. And it's really, when you get down to it, the gist of what's going wrong in the world today. And so I just think people have a right to know a lot of this information. Many people have no idea even it exists. So it's good for me to get it out there and tell people about it. And the book is available on Amazon right now for pre-sale, but uh, we're still in production, so it's not quite ready for uh, review copies yet. All right. Beyond Esoteric Escaping Prison Planet. How do you figure uh, what's happening right now with COVID-19 and a lot of the social unrest, uh, Black Lives Matter, Antifa? How does that all figure into uh, this prison planet? Yeah, it figures right into it because now we see the lockdown procedures as it would be under this quarantine, even though in many cases it's not warranted. David Icke made a great statement a couple of years ago. I went and saw his 13-hour lecture here in the Bay Area of California, sitting right next to Foster Gamble, who is coming out with his next movie, Thrive 2. And David Icke said, there will come a time when everything that is planned by this new world order, the cabal, they're going to have to come above ground with it. They're going to have to show their hand and they're going to have to start doing these things for all to see. And I think that's exactly what we're witnessing right now with the rollout of the mandates and uh, the loss of our rights, our loss of travel overseas and so forth. So we're, we're seeing the beginning of it. And I've published several books on this subject, not only my own, but Leo Lyons Agami did his Confessions of an Illuminati through CCC Publishing and his last Pope book. And he spoke of a one world religion. And we're starting to see signs of that. There talk of one world government, the United Nations starting to take supersede control over nationalistic governments, as well as a one world currency. And we're already seeing the rollout of no more change, digital currencies, perhaps becoming part of the dollar network, the great reset that we hear so much about. So if you're paying attention, you see that this is the rollout. We're getting glimpses of a very dystopian future, I believe. And that's what I also refer to as the prison planet. 
Do you think that COVID-19 is being used as kind of a, a beta test uh, in order to see how much they, the, the Illuminati, whatever you want to call them, the the owners of the system, how much they can get away with? Because, uh, you know, they're really, up here in Canada, for example, the, um, the head of um, uh, Health Canada uh, said that we, we may have to wear masks for another two or three years, even if we get a vaccine. And, and I remember just a few months ago, it was all about let's take two weeks, shut things down and flatten the curve. And now it's all this. It's like we must eradicate every COVID-19 case on the face of the planet. We must have a vaccine. That's right. You're getting it the same way we are here in the United States, Richard. Look, tuberculosis is far more contagious. It's also spread via the mist of our breath or sneezes or coughs. It's been around for a long time. We don't see the hype and lockdown for TB, yet COVID is not as deadly and all these new regulations are coming in. So it does appear to be this dry run for locking us down, for introducing all these new protocols, and as well as establishing this one world government. I think it's all part of the plan. And look, if you can't travel, if you can't go anywhere, if you can't even go shopping without getting a vaccine or perhaps a a smart tattoo they're also starting to speak of, then look, your freedoms are lost. And that's what we should all be very concerned about right now. Are you, are you fearful of the future and where this is all headed? I don't like this proposed future that we're being told is becoming mandated. Uh, as you know, I travel like you do and very much have the right to get on a plane or jump in my car and go anywhere I like. And I'm not infected and... If I was, I would certainly not be in harm's way for anyone else. But the whole idea of our freedoms being restricted is very disturbing to me, and I do not like the way this is going. So I've always said the revolution is consciousness. We all need to wake up and see this for what it really is. And it is a dystopian new fascism that has been thrust upon us by this this billionaire class, the elite 1% of 1%, the, the bankers who have cornered the market with the fiat currency that can just print into thin air here in uh, the United States. And when you control the money supply, you control the nations. And now we see it actually coming above. So it's really disingenuous to blame it all on government this nebulous term, oh, it's all the government's fault. Well, the government is controlled by these forces. And we really have to call a spade a spade and blame the correct parties who are behind all this. And it is the money delete. And this is very much part of the theme of Beyond Esoteric Escaping Prison Planet. You also talk about in the Esoteric series how although things seem quite dark uh, and that the forces of, of evil seem to be on the rise, you say actually it's quite the opposite. They we are sort of compartmentalizing uh, them. We are, uh, and it's it's the light that will win win over. How do you see that coming about? What is going to be the tipping point where we we cast off this yoke of of uh, control? Well, it absolutely has to be that. It has to be a nonviolent revolution. And look, Gandhi was the father of India 
for being nonviolent and creating a revolution that way. We celebrate Martin Luther King in this country for his nonviolent revolution. We don't look at the people who fomented pain and suffering and war as we do the peacekeepers. So that's really where it's got to come from because we'll get slaughtered if we try to go up against them tooth for tooth, eye for eye. We'll, we'll lose big time. Uh, and you can see that in some of the riots too. It's just getting really ugly. And I do not suggest anybody become violent in this struggle, but to wake themselves up and just understand and know thy enemy really to be able to counter them with uh, nonviolent resistance, which has been a great force of peace and of change throughout the centuries. So what is going to bring that about? Is it a lot of people are talking about uh, our planet entering the, you know, the fifth dimension and so forth. Is that, is that going to uh, be the catalyst, this raising of consciousness and so forth once we enter the fifth dimension? Well, there could be these exterior forces such as the Schumann residence has been seen as of late really being very active and that there are these cosmic rays that are entering our solar system. Whether that has an effect on us as a people, I'd say remains to be seen as well as if we are to enter this fifth dimensional realm, which scientists tell us that there are 13 dimensions all around us, we just can really only perceive the third. But more importantly, it is for us to really grasp our freedom and understand we have inalienable rights as are dictated in the U.S. Constitution, the Bill of Rights. Our Declaration of Independence was to free us from the yoke of oppression. And now we're up against another kind of oppressor. But to try to fight them with tooth and nail, as I said, is not going to be successful. We have to do it as nonviolent resistance. And then that just means making conscious choices in your life, eating a holistic diet to uh, banking with uh, proper institutions if you have to do that. I mean, I have a chapter in my book, Future Esoteric, The Unseen Realms, all about the end of money. I would love to see the whole system come collapsing down and finding a new form of transaction, if that's even necessary. I mean, we're getting to the point, Richard, where robots and automation can do so much that uh, humans used to do that getting to the point where maybe uh, labor is not so essential anymore. Then what are humans going to do all the time? Of course, there's talk of universal income, and it has been implemented in a city right here in California called Stockton, California. Uh, I just read that Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania is looking at doing it. Of course, a lot of people right now are getting uh, up until the end of July the federal unemployment benefits and that $1,200 check from our government. You guys got one up there in Canada too. Yes. Uh, not to say that that's the end all be all, but it is a, a start for getting people in, in a state where they won't have to be so dependent upon working all the time, but it could also be 
a tool for those who are giving the free money to get people to, say, get a vaccine or uh, other type of demands if you want to receive this uh, this income. Exactly. So it, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm fearful of. I, I, I don't look at a guaranteed income as uh, necessarily a good thing. I think it's going to create a dependency, and I think that's what they want. They want us to become totally dependent upon them. And I know some work is kind of drudgery, uh, and it would be great if we could all, you know, uh, follow our bliss and have the the, the, the job of our dreams. But I, I think there's value in all work, whether it's washing dishes, sweeping the streets, it's all needed, it's all valuable, and it gives a, an individual a, a sense of, of self-worth and, and purpose. And I would I hate to see that taken away with guaranteed income. I think it's a fur-lined trap. Yeah, it would seem like a lot of people would just be playing video games and not do anything to contribute. But when you, we've talked about uh, the possibility of extraterrestrial civilizations and how they may have their civilization structured. And it seems to me that they wouldn't really need money anymore, that if people were really conscious and aware that they would be of service to others just because they know it's the right thing to do. So maybe work just redefines itself in a different kind of way in so much that you feel honored to be in service, even if it is shoveling manure in, in a stockyard or something. Well, if you like to eat meat, maybe that's what you want to do. Or if you like hiking on trails, working on creating new hiking trails is your calling. So there could be a way to work it so that people can have the option of volunteering their time um, just in such a way that it's not work so much. And I know that you love to do what you do and I love to do what I do. And oftentimes it doesn't even seem like work when I'm creating my book or you're on your radio show. It's just what we're called to do. And right. the fact that we're able to make some money because we have to in this system, well, that's kind of a bonus and allows us to continue on doing what we love to do. Let me get your take on, because you, you brought up uh, – ETs and uh, alien civilizations and so forth. Let me get your take on this latest New York Times article uh, from July 24th, Leslie Keene and Ralph Blumenthal, a follow-up, a much-anticipated follow-up to that famous December 2017 New York Times article, which which, um, exposed the the existence of this secret uh, program inside the Pentagon, which they are now renaming. It, It was called the uh, Advanced Aerospace um, Threat Identification Project, and now they're, they're naming it as, as uh, Unidentified uh, Aerial Phenomenon. Uh, so it seems like they, they are getting closer and closer to some sort of a disclosure. What are your thoughts? Everything that is hidden will be revealed. And yeah, what we're seeing is this drip, drip, drip of disclosure, little tidbit here, little tidbit there. No, it all really started about 25 years ago when the announcement was made down in Antarctica, of all places, that a meteorite had been observed to have alien life from Mars, of all places. And that was sort of the first introduction to say, hey, there's life outside of Earth. Now we're getting up to these reports from the Pentagon official pronouncements that these videos that are coming out are truly unidentified and the Pentagon's admitting it. 
So these should be the real big stories of the day, Richard. And we should be having this philosophical discussion about what really all this matters. I mean, we are a civilization on the cusp of having the greatest breakthrough humanity has ever experienced and how this is going to affect all of us because think about how technology will accelerate. Think about our role in the solar system or the universe that we may be these time traveling humans, much like Star Trek portrayed humans to be 300 years in our future. And, you know, uh, the creator of Star Trek, Gene Roddenberry, he was sitting in on these seances called the Council of Nine in the late 1950s and writing notes. And they were communicating with humans 350 years in the future back then. And you'll never see in any episode of the first Star Trek any use of money, for example, you just say chocolate shake and out it comes. There's never any transaction that way. And we're traveling in space peacefully to explore and understand as scientists, as explorers. And that could be the promise of humans in the future, not this dystopian nightmare that all of us are in some kind of lockdown or control. And that's what gives me hope, that, that there is – the promise of this golden age that humans can interact someday with our space brothers and sisters out there and perhaps sit at the same table and discuss what we can do to clean up this planet, to uh, help the rest of the human race. I mean, look, one in four of us are going to bed malnourished or starving tonight. This is so wrong. No other ET race allows their own to suffer in the way that humans do. So, we just have to change our way of thinking. It's really that simple, Richard. If people just start thinking in a different way and start being more compassionate towards those around us, I think there will be great change. And it all has to do also with this disclosure that uh, perhaps the reason it has taken this long is we're just not ready yet. But I think it's coming to that. And I know you and myself and many others, I see it uh, – UFO conventions, we're all ready for it. We're not going to freak out if there was a big announcement that uh, they're making some kind of direct contact, although I think that's already happened. It's just not very well known. But we're ready to go. It's uh, not going to send us into a war of the world scenario where people are going to commit suicide and go crazy because there's the news that we have made contact. And I think it's already here and among us. Eric Davis, who's mentioned in that New York Times article because he's been working with this Pentagon UFO unit as a, a subcontractor. In the uh, article, I guess he, he spoke with Leslie Keene and Ralph Blumenthal, and he indicated that he had given classified briefings to people on Capitol Hill, I guess these uh, two Senate committees that they're, the Pentagon unit is dealing with, and uh, also other aerospace officials. He has given uh, briefings that indicate they have recovered material not of this world. So this technology or these metal alloys or whatever this material is, is sitting in a warehouse. I don't know if it's in Robert Bigelow's warehouse in Las Vegas somewhere, but what do you think they have and how soon do you think it'll be, if ever, before they release this to the public? Mm. Well, it sure does vindicate those like Phil Schneider, who went to lectures with this exotic material and he 
was very mysteriously suicided shortly after revealing that he was in possession to a lot of this stuff. Nothing was stolen out of his house except for these artifacts. And also with the Roswell crash, that they had found these uh, particles of metallic substance thinner than tinfoil, but when you crushed them up in your hand, they would just return to their normal size. So I think it's a vindication to many of these people who have come forward, speaking of these exotic metals and other recovered craft items, all the craft recoveries, really, and all the witnesses who have spoke of them who were so harshly condemned for speaking out against this. Uh, good for them to be finally vindicated for speaking the truth. So that's the funny thing about all this, Richard, is we're getting to this point where we can look back on all the crashes, all the uh, abductions, all the accounts that we've had of UFO and ET activity, and it all starts to make sense. Why would these people lie about it? And it also corresponds with what is now coming out. So again, uh, vindication for those who have suffered so much, the scorn and the ridicule of speaking of this with really, in many cases, no advantage or profit to them just coming out with it because they felt like they had to uh, make this a revelation and good for them for doing it. But uh, for what they have suffered, perhaps this is a slight way of thanking them is by saying, hey, now now we know it. Now the Pentagon's admitting it. And probably all that you've said has been true all this time. More of my conversation with Brad Olson when Conspiracy Unlimited returns. One tablespoon of ESS-60 from C60 Evo helps keep me pain-free, energized, and mentally focused. And I'm sleeping so much better since I started taking ESS-60 back in November. ESS-60 is the consumable form of C60, the miracle molecule discovered by Nobel Prize winning chemists in the 1990s. ESS-60 is a mega antioxidant, 172 times more powerful than vitamin C. Check out the Paris study, a peer-reviewed scientific study online, where ESS-60 suspended in olive oil was fed to rats. The rats fed ESS-60 lived almost twice their normal lifespan. I can't sit here and tell you I'm gonna live to be 112, but I'm 56 and I haven't felt this youthful, energized and pain-free since I was in my 20s. ESS-60 from C60 Evo. If you want to discover the benefits of this amazing miracle molecule for yourself, go to the episode notes for this podcast and click on the link for c60evo.com. And don't forget to use the code RS1SPEC when ordering and you'll receive an additional 5% off. ESS-60, the miracle molecule from C60 Evo. It's changed my life discover what it can do for you. This product has not been evaluated by the FDA and is not intended to cure, diagnose, or cure. If you have a medical concern, please consult your healthcare provider. The truth goes through three stages. First, it is ridiculed. Then, it is violently opposed. Finally, it is accepted as self-evident. Let me just read that again. I don't know what that means. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Brad Olson, the author of Beyond Esoteric, Escaping Prison Planet, is here. 
I want to switch gears and, and talk about your, your travels. And I don't know to what extent you've been able to travel with quarantine and so forth. I know it's inhibited many of us from traveling the way we normally do. But I mean, travel is your bread and butter. So what have you been up to the last, I guess it's been uh, about a year and a, a year, maybe a year and a half since you and I sp- spoke on Coast to Coast last, just after you got back from uh, the Antarctic. Yeah, that's right. So that was the big trip then. And right back into the conference circuit, all the way up until February at the UFO mega conference in Laughlin, Nevada. That was like the last big one there was. And then all my spring and summer conferences, of course, have been canceled. I'm also the producer of a great big event here in San Francisco called the How Weird Street Fair. That, of course, canceled and no chance of rescheduling it in the fall now. So, uh, yeah, my world got pretty much upturned, but when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. And it gave me the opportunity to finish Beyond Esoteric, which turned out really good. Only uh, my editor and designer have read it, and they both think uh, it's the best one of the series. So I'm really happy to hear that. So I've used the time wisely to get this work done. And all the while, I bought a new uh, Toyota 4Runner and have just been taking trips here in the Southwest and around California. The wild hot springs, well, they're still open because they're usually on BLM land or uh, they're not regulated in the same way that uh, public bathing houses are still closed for the most part. Uh, So just going to visit friends in Arizona, Nevada, California, and going on road trips it's actually a really good time to travel around the U.S. There's not many people out on the roads. Gas prices are pretty cheap. And I haven't found that the police have been menacing or I've not been pulled over or questioned in any way. What am I doing? Is this essential travel? And uh, my conference schedule is starting up again this month uh, up in Mount Shasta at the end of August for the Mount Shasta Summer Conference. I'll be one of the speakers. And then next month, I'll be out in Texas for a conference with Tolek and then uh, Disclosure Fest in Los Angeles in October. So it's been a little bump in the road, but uh, I would like to have the option of traveling internationally, as so would you. Yes. And we'll have to see when that opens up. Uh, how many books now has it been in the Sacred Places? Is it four uh, books in that series? It is four published, uh, three by me and one by uh, Karen Tate, an author that I published. She did Sacred Places of Goddess. Right. And uh, you did Sacred Places uh, North America, Sacred Places Europe, and uh, what was the uh, the other one? Sacred Places Around the World. Um, yep. Is there a sacred place that uh, you haven't gotten to um, that you'd like to visit? Mm. Well, for sure. This is a big planet, Richard. I have not been to all of them. I have been to all seven continents now, but there are some pretty remote ones, such as the Great Zimbabwe down in South Africa, in Zimbabwe, but southern part of Africa I've not been to. There are very remote ones in the South Pacific, such as Malden Island, that have these uh, megalithic walkways that just go right down into the ocean. But it is so remote, so ha- hard to get there. I haven't been to that one, nor Non Madal, another site in Micronesia that uh, also features megalithic architecture. 
on a part of Ponape Island that uh, has always been considered haunted. So, boy, so many places I still need to go to, want to go to, and parts of the world. I mean, it would take a lifetime plus three to get to them all, but uh, I'm still in good shape and feeling pretty spry and can't wait to get out on the road again internationally travel. I just met uh, Dr. Sam of the Bosnian Pyramid fame, and ah, he's yes. invited me out to come anytime. In fact, we're planning on a September visit a week at the Bosnian Pyramids, and he was personally going to show me around and take me underground to the tunnels there. But, of course, that one has been uh, postponed. So, uh, speaking of the uh, the Bosnian uh, Pyramids... Do you th- do you think does Dr. Sam think? Uh, I I believe I had him on a couple of years ago. I I can't remember too much about that conversation. Do you think that they were built at the same time and by the same group of people as let's say the uh, the Great Pyramid of Giza? Well, they're much older. It would appear because the age of the trees and and sediment around these pyramids, which I do feature in my book, Sacred Places Europe. Uh, The real kicker for me on this, because there is still controversy whether they're just a landform or not, but there have been found underneath the soil fitted megalithic blocks. But the real kicker are these underground chambers that extend quite uh, a distance below the pyramid of the sun and the moon. So this is something that could not be hoaxed or introduced or dug in the short period of time since Dr. Sam has been doing his uh, excavations around the site. I really want to get there personally and see it for myself, but uh, seeing Dr. Sam's presentation, in fact, he was at UFO Mega Conference in Laughlin and we had a table next to each other and really struck up a great friendship. Uh, But to go there with him, personally and see all the evidence, it does appear that they are a much older civilization, one that even predates the Osirian Empire, which was who really built the pyramids post-Atlantis, whereas I do believe and Dr. Sam has told me that the Bosnian pyramids are actually contemporary with or even older than the Atlantean civilization. So some of the oldest relics of the world. And then when you also account for some of the underwater megalithic ruins, which I account in my book, Modern Esoteric, uh, such as Yonaguni, uh, South Okinawa Islands in Japan, to uh, pyramids found in Java, as well as other underwater ruins in the Caribbean that mock a Mayan city. How could you possibly account for these relics underwater unless there had been a high civilization a long, long time ago, even before the last ice age when ocean levels would have been lower and constructions like these could have been made? So these are why these are esoteric subjects, Richard. They are not widely known by people just a select few who do understand the real aging of these relics on our planet. And that's why they have a crossover between being sacred places, once uh, temples or holy places to a long lost civilization, to esoteric subjects being 
these sites, this archaeology that uh, is just starting to be understood. Now, of course, the show Ancient Aliens, which I've been on, highlights some of these, is a great way to introduce them to a larger audience. And a lot of people are understanding and learning about these sites through this show. But uh, I cover them in my book. And my colleague, David Hatcher Childress, he does the same. He's a good friend of mine. I was at his wedding. Knew him before he was famous. Same with Giorgio <laughs> Sucolos. <laughs> and even you, Richard, when we met uh, on the set in New Mexico. That's right. Uh, <laughs> right in the exact location for the opening of Breaking Bad. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Well, and, and you're told that it was supposed to be Chaco Canyon, which I've been to Chaco Canyon. It's similar, but it uh, wasn't quite the same. Ah, okay. I didn't know that. We weren't in Chaco Canyon? No, we were not. That's about 150 miles south of where we actually were. We were just outside of Albuquerque. Right, right. Okay, well, that's television, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Um so again, the um, the book is due out this fall, and it's uh, Beyond Esoteric, Escaping Prison Planet. You can pre-order it at uh, Amazon. And uh, in the meantime, uh, we've got to get you back on Coast to Coast. Well, you bet, Richard. As soon as the book is available for sale, we'd love to uh, discuss it with you further on Coast to Coast. And uh, you're off to check out the Perseid uh, shower, I guess. Yes, I am. I'll be watching that on the 12th and 13th up here in Northern California. And uh, then heading up for the Mount Shasta Summer Conference. Excellent. Trying to get back to normalcy. All right, right, Brad. A belated happy birthday. And uh, thanks for dropping by. Always a pleasure. Thank you, my friend. Always great to talk to you, Richard. Okay, before I dim the lights in my little studio beneath the stairs, I'll be back in a flash with a few words about an upcoming episode. If you're a fan of this podcast or my weekly radio program, The Conspiracy Show, or my YouTube channel, Strange Planet, I hope you'll consider becoming an official donor. Any monthly amount is welcome and greatly appreciated. To become an official donor, go to patreon.com forward slash strange planet patreon.com forward slash strange planet coming up next time steve harris the author of america's secret history returns to discuss international banksters and the assassinations of lincoln and garfield until then i'm richard serrett So long for now. A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now. Oh, and remember to share and give a five-star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats. We need... We need constant petting. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. 
By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.